Dearly beloved, we are here gathered today listening to this podcast to celebrate the life of the Apple Car Project. You had so much promise. We we thought we knew you, but you were gone before we we before we really got to know you. So We'll talk about it all because, you know, you know what time it is. Let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is episode 299. I have been traveling for work. I've got some other stuff coming down the pipeline. I was just I just got back from New York from a 3-day trip and because I'm gone, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have a podcast. So yeah, it's a little later, but there there's a lot to talk about and I'm glad sometimes it's okay to wait because you get more information and more things to talk about in Obviously, the biggest story, RIP, rest in peace, Apple cancels their electric car project after roughly 10 years at it. So we're going to talk about that. We've got some iOS 17.4 news and a few other things. Maybe that might not, the Apple car might not be the only Apple product that has been uh, either canceled or let let's at least say put on the back burner for now. So, so much more to talk about. And then also, some of the projects that Apple is working on, but we don't know if they're really going to happen, but uh, just some juicy stuff that Mark Gurman talked about. So, we will talk about all that and more. But first, hey, we got to do a couple orders of business. You want to be a part of the show, we are going to include voicemails this week. Yes, finally, I've told you all to call and we got four of them. So hopefully maybe this sparks y'all to get back involved. But all you got to do if you want to be a part of the show, record a voice memo, whatever platform you're on, send it into applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. And I'd love to hear from you. Also, this show is brought to you by you, patreon.com slash house. So many of you have supported this show. And if you're listening and you're not a Patreon supporter, you got what? three or four more days if you want to support my Patreon at patreon.com slash Tong to not only join, but have the opportunity to sign up for our Apple Vision Pro giveaway challenge. You got, like I said, three or four more days to go. Just as a thank you to everyone who supported me all these years. We're in year six now. We're almost about to hit 300 episodes of just the podcast and then all my other content. Patreon.com slash Tong is how you do it. All right, let's get to the big stories. And like I said, and I allude to, the Apple Car Project has been going on for 10 years. I remember before I even went independent talking about this thing. And we've always seen the fun renders and this idea that Apple could make a car. But this project has gone through so many ups and downs. It's been reported. It almost felt like it was shelved. It was coming back. It was going to be turned into something made more of a autonomous car system and then back to being a car leadership has changed it's quite honestly been a wreck you know you know what i'm saying did i really want to say a car wreck i could have but i just did so 
What recently happened is Apple had officially canceled all plans to release an autonomous electric vehicle, according to Bloomberg, Mark Gurman on the report. We know they've been working on it for more than a decade. Uh, reports from the New York Times said that Apple has spent roughly more than $10 billion on the Apple car project before actually canceling it. Now, Apple's chief operating officer, Jeff Williams, you'll see him a lot of times talking about the Apple Watch in the presentations and keynotes that Apple gives, told approximately 2,000 Apple employees working on the Apple car that the project was canceled. And this reportedly internally came as a surprise to those employees. Now, work on the Apple Car project is reportedly winding down. Many of the people that were working on the car are going to be moved over to Apple's artificial intelligence division because we know how much they're pushing AI. This is under AI chief John Gianandrea, who was picked up by Apple from Google years ago. And we've heard all the stories we've talked about on this podcast about how iOS 18 will focus a lot on AI features and how this is going to be implemented, we'll see. But we know now, we've seen what's happened in the AI space, and I've talked about it on my videos. I've talked about it here on the podcast. Apple needs to show us how they're going to approach it. Apple needs to show us how they're going to make it digestible to the general consumer audience that they appeal to. And look at what everything that has Google has done on Android from a phone platform standpoint. Look, we know OpenAI is doing crazy things in video and chat GPT, but when we talk about consumer front-facing forward to someone like me, you, and then someone even like my mom, that's going to be a different approach and how to make this digestible, usable, not feel foreign or weird, and just very easily accessible. We'll see how that happens. Now, a number of hardware engineers and car designers that were on the Apple car team, um, there are plenty of them. Some of them will be able to shift over to other divisions, according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. There will be layoffs. There's no question about that. And then earlier this year, Remember, we had talked about the plans of the Apple Car project maybe being scaled back, maybe you know even taking something like this whole dream that we still haven't seen implemented on any car for a full driverless car with autonomous capabilities. That is still the holy grail that we haven't seen yet. Tesla's been promising it. People like my wife, she bought that full self-driving, I think, was it, did people pay like 5000 or was it even more initially way back in the day? Um, we still haven't seen full self-driving yet. Maybe we will in our lifetime. I hope so. Maybe we won't. But, you know, that promise still hasn't been delivered. Um, so they're going to be shifting people to different teams and different divisions. Apple, you know, remember there was even talk of Apple making kind of like this full self-driving autonomous kind of commuter car and there were designs of it being almost like a like a lounge in a car yeah the the focus has been shifted all over the place remember news of the apple car project first surfaced in 2014 and this also you know reminds us when the idea happened i remember saying it would be cool if apple did it but it's, it's really hard it's not it's not easy to make a car in you got to look at everything that apple is doing in all the different divisions and all the different departments Look how hard it is for manu car manufacturers to put out an EV, a quality EV. Yes, Tesla is an outlier, but it's not like they've been all able to deliver on all their promises. They are the ones that have pushed this industry forward. Look at a company like Rivian, incredible product, really hard to make cars and also make profits, right? The margins on these are extremely low. There, there are reports about a lot of these EVs, right? They're not even technically profiting 
off of this. This is a long play. And so we know that Apple, they like their beefy margins, typically I think around 30, 40, even more than 30, 40%. You don't get those on a car. So the project is dead. It's officially dead. And it's been brewing in the background for a lot. We've known a lot about it, but the New York Times did a more deep, and you should check out the article, the kind of a deep dive on how Apple spent that more than $10 billion and basically kind of the project was floundering up and down for more than a decade before finally calling it off. Um, you know, they talk about how money was spent on research and development. There were thousands of Apple engineers and car experts that worked on the project. Some, here's a funny little note, some employees within Apple felt like this project was not gonna, was just basically dead on arrival and they referred to it as the Titanic disaster instead of what it was known internally as Project Titan. We know that there were different leaders that were brought in and out at one time. I don't know if you remember this, but Bob's Mansfield, I believe he was um, VP of hardware for Apple for a good amount of time. He retired, okay? And then later, he was brought back to Apple to lead the car project. It was originally led by Steve Zadesky. He's Apple VP of product design and a former Ford engineer. It was overseen by Dan Riccio. He was in a lot of Apple's presentations, SVP of hardware engineering. So this project has gone through many changes, many different leadership. There were times where he said, oh, maybe maybe they'll partner with a Korean manufacturer to actually produce this car. Um, even people in the field, I think Gen- General Motors CEO Dan Ackerson said at one time that Apple is underestimating the difficulty of operating in the car business. And in quotes, he said, they have no idea what they're getting into. And I think the ups and downs of the project and the reports, look, there was at one point where they we had just heard it was just going to become some sort of a autonomous driving system that they would then license out. And then all of a sudden it became a car project again. It's If you're listening to this and you're going, man, this thing was all over the place, the Apple car project was literally all over the place. So look, it's not happening anymore. And uh, Apple's resources will now be pushed towards AI. I think from a business standpoint, it probably makes the most sense for them. And then from a competitive standpoint, just with what's going on in the industry, it also makes sense for them. So Apple car, gone before we knew you. And that steering wheel-less, like no steering wheel, free design, lounge car, kind of people commuter, hang out with your friends. That was kind of the last idea of what we heard. It's all dead. I mean, think about this. Sony has showcased at CES their Afila car. They couldn't do it on their own. They needed a, it was, that's a collaboration between Sony, Qualcomm, and Honda. So they partnered with an actual car manufacturer, and that car has been shown off I, I, over in Japan, it, it's there, but even just to bring it to the US and then the changes that they've had to make, that's been a project that's long in the running. And, you know, there that's, we still haven't seen in the US. We, we're expecting to see it soon in the next few years. But, you know, I think that the idea of Apple can do anything is a nice idea, but the car market was a completely different beast and it was challenging. And they, they gave it a go. I mean, $10 billion is nothing to, to you know, just to brush off, but... They're cutting their losses now. And, you know, I, I I look at the car industry and even I was on a recent podcast with Mac Rumors. You can check it out. They brought up the Apple car and I even said like, hey, I just bought my first EV. 
I got a Rivian R1T. Love the thing. If Apple even released a car in 2026, I think that was the target time that they were going to try to, I'm not going to go and just automatically buy an, an Apple EV just because it's an EV. When you have a car, that's a huge investment you're making. And so yeah, some people lease them, but think about all the people that currently now have an EV. The market overall can still grow, but those early adopters to general consumers has been saturated. They're just not going to all of a sudden get rid of their current EV just to get an Apple car, an Apple EV, which from what we know technologically in the reports, Apple had to even scale back because they couldn't meet their ambitious ideas of, you know, a car packed with more technology than is currently offered in the market. So they weren't even able to come up with some something unique enough to be super compelling. So there you go, everybody. RIP, Apple Car Project. If you have thoughts about it, if you're sad about it, if you're happy about it, if you never thought it was going to happen, you know what to do. Send in a voice memo, record it, applebitsshow at gmail.com. So that was a project that, you know, was one of their ambitious products, not one of their expertise. And there's been also another report from Bloomberg and Mark Garman about some of the, let's, I don't want to call them out there projects, but let's just call it, um, what, Apple... Apple Apple Labs, like in the background, like there's kind of like these things that who knows if they're going to happen or not. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But there's been a lot of buzz and growth around this whole smart ring market. If you're familiar with Aura, O-U-R-A, they do a really cool smart ring. Samsung just recently announced at their last um, Samsung Unpacked that they're doing a ring, a smart ring. They showed it off at Mobile World Congress over in a Spain. And, you know, this is going to be used for tracking your health and fitness without you having to wear an Apple Watch. It's almost like this smart ring is recording a lot of those metrics that a smart watch can, but it's a lot less intrusive and it's not in your face. And I think that there is this kind of, I would almost say like a pullback or I don't I don't know if I want to say it's a correction, but I do feel like there's a growing surge of people that love tech but want to use it less and they want it to be less in their face. And I think a smart ring is perfect. So according to Mark Gurman, Apple is considering developing a smart ring. A few years ago, the report says Apple's industrial design team presented the idea of this smart ring focused on health and fitness to execs in the company. Um, And however, Apple, they're not actively developing this finger-worn device at the time. So we don't know if it's going to be released. Maybe it could be, again, like a low-cost alternative to the Apple Watch. I think they're obviously really paying close attention to what Aura is doing, what Samsung is going to do, and how successful that becomes. Because, again, we know that Apple does have the luxury of kind of waiting it out, then bringing their own spin, trying to bring kind of a, a new feature or some ecosystem hook that brings more value to it before it comes out. And we'll see if it sticks. I mean, if I have an Apple Watch, I don't think there, for me, there's no need for a ring. But if I want to completely get rid of my watch and let's say even something is, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'd wear rings when I'm surfing, but if I wanted to, maybe I'm just wearing a ring while I'm surfing. I don't have anything bulky on my wrist and that makes me feel a lot more free. Another one of the projects Apple's working on reportedly this long rumored idea that Apple hopes to release, right? A super slim down 
advanced AR glasses really based on the technology that we've seen in the Vision Pro headset. And we know that is years and years of development and devices and components getting smaller and smaller and more powerful. We know that that's the kind of one of the end goals. But if you've looked at this wearable category, it's really split splitting into a few different, I almost would say like uh, paths or products. So one of them is that Meta Ray-Ban smart glass. And those have been, those have been wildly successful, popular, well-received because look, they look and they are exactly like glasses and they have a couple of tech features, right? They're really pretty generally low tech, but Snapchat was way ahead of their time with the Snapchat glasses, but they made their glasses try to be like, hey, look, these are Snapchat glasses instead of just making them look as regular as possible. Meta and Ray-Ban kind of figured, hey, you know, there are people have to get comfortable with this idea. And so let's not freak people out. Let's give them something they're comfortable with already wearing and throwing a little bit of tech in them. So you can take photos, you can take video. And then now it does some, It's I think it's in beta testing, but it does some object recognition of what it sees, right? It play. There's a little audio component in there. Like it still looks great. Amazon um, has their own echo frames as well, but people are resonating with these and we don't need to have the most super advanced one, but if Apple wants to enter that market, German says they've considered developing a less ambitious smart glasses a la what the Ray-Ban Metas and the Amazon Echo uh, glasses are doing, and or sorry, the Echo frames are doing. And, you know, I could see that take off if they look stylish enough, not too crazy, because we forget things like for, remember Google Glass, okay? There was that term glass holes. And the design looked very Borgish. It was off-putting, even just socially. People were like, what are you doing? I remember going to this lounge bar night and a guy was wearing Google Glass and people weren't like, oh, that's so cool. People are like, why are you wearing that? Like, don't record me. And sometimes we underestimate in the tech space how human behavior and social interaction and things like that matter where you could have a piece of really cool tech, but it still almost has to follow the general etiquette and rules of interaction that we have, unless there's a product that's so good that can it could potentially change our behavior and how we use things. To me, you know, even something on the iPhone like uh, Force Touch was amazing. I talk about it all the time, right? You do the push and pop. And now, yeah, you can do a long press, but the screen was like a button and I loved it and people just didn't catch on to it. It wasn't a behavior or it just wasn't something that they adopted to be part of their normal routine and life. And they were they moved on. Multi-touch though, swiping and zooming, that, was, that caught on very quickly and became part of the core of how we use touchscreen smartphones. So sometimes things are adopted a lot better than others. Also, it comes down to the developer and Apple to push those things forward and really get them in front of your face. I mean, you didn't really need to use force touch to use your phone. Um, It it added on an extra layer, so it wasn't essential. But let's not underestimate how just how we behave as humans make a difference on whether a piece of tech can succeed or not. And if Apple does low lower tech smart glasses that look like glasses then have the apple branding on them and do a couple cool things and are plugged into the ecosystem 
I could see potentially they're doing it. So right now, German says they are in a technology investigation stage with Apple's hardware engineering division. Um, a release still sounds pretty far off, but it's they're looking at it in the labs. They're cooking on it. And, you know, things like foldable displays, we know that Apple's been looking at them for years, but still have not released any product with a foldable display. Now, the other thing, the other product that's been in the lab's According to German, Apple's engineers last year starting to exp- started exploring how to fit low-resolution camera sensors into AirPods. Now, why would why would we need this? Why would they use it? The belief is that the AirPods could potentially offer AI features that assist people in their daily routines by knowing their surroundings and being able to get visual cues of what's around them. Maybe it has to do with environments, whether you're in a movie theater. I don't know who's be wearing AirPods in a movie theater. Or maybe you're outdoors running or different environments. Maybe that could influence uh, the adaptability of the sound on the fly without you having to manually change it. We We don't know, no, but the idea has been floated internally about AirPods with cameras. So look, when I hear these things about stuff that they're thinking of and developing, of course, other AirPods with cameras, that sounds like, okay, well, no one's doing that and we'll see how they how that would even be implemented. But the smart ring, we've already seen it and it's growing. Smart glasses, we've seen it and it's growing. It's becoming decently successful, at least to that kind of middle tier techie. Not everyone is getting them, but it it it's getting some traction. And so Apple's gonna pay attention to it. The other thing they've been paying attention to that still has not come out, how about a HomePod with an iPad-like display? The latest rumors, we've heard about this project for a while. There's been kind of some of those renders of it looks like the old-school Pixar lamp iMac design. Really, it was inspired from a sunflower back in the day. If you aren't familiar with the story, Steve Jobs actually saw a sunflower in a field, was inspired by it, and then talked to Johnny Ive about it. And that's where you got the iMac on that pedestal with that neck, that metal neck that moved around and posed around, which I still honestly like love the design. I just think it was so unique and refreshing and quirky and something that really only Apple could sell at the time. So there's renders of this idea of like maybe the a base like that being the speaker and then you have a screen. According to German, Apple is still working on this new HomePod speaker with this display built into it. The device is unlikely to launch until 2025 at the earliest should their plans move forward. Now, early work on this HomePod with a screen is already in the hands of overseas suppliers trying to find the components, but German says they've not made enough headway on the device to consider any type of launch imminent anytime soon. But Apple's also explored this device that combines an Apple TV and a HomePod and a FaceTime camera along with an iPad-like smart display, even something that could be magnetically attached to a wall that would be, think, a even smarter jam-packed iPad. But, you know, we've talked about Apple's space in the smart home and how they've trailed for a while and how part of it was just the abilities of Siri and the privacy restrictions that limit what Siri can do, but also... You know, you can only do so many things and Apple hasn't focused hard enough on the smart home. You have something like the HomePod Mini. I think that was released back in 2020. We haven't seen anything really happen with that. There was a point where, remember, they discontinued the full-size HomePod and then it had a resurgence 
to bring back the new HomePod in 2023. So again, showing you that the home space, the smart home space, Apple hasn't committed to it hard enough. And there's a lot to be desired in that space. And so if they are going to release something like this HomePod speaker with an iPad display or this magnetic iPad-like smart display with all this stuff, if they're going to go in a direction like that, we need to see them really lean in to the smart home and not just put out a speaker, take the speaker away, put out a mini speaker, bring the big speaker back. There needs to be a level of commitment that us as consumers can buy into. And then on top of that, if Apple is really serious about AI, I think this is where we're going to see how their whole new AI platform initially on the iPhone could then be spread out into other areas of their ecosystem. And hopefully that could do something for the Apple smart home. But, you know, part of me says, I mean, I always say it's it's never too late for Apple, but part of me says it's too late for Apple because my smart home is completely equipped with Amazon devices, with Google Nest and Google Home devices. Uh, I do have two HomePods, but that's the those are the only smart home products and I don't even I yeah some of my lights do connect via HomeKit but I'm always using the uh, a word to prompt them I'm not using the s word to prompt them so you know we talked about the Apple car project getting canceled but another pro another product that reportedly has also been canceled the Apple watch ultra with a micro LED display. Now, this whole idea of this next generation micro OLED tech, save power, be thinner, help out the Apple Watch Ultra. According to reports earlier in the week, Apple supplier AMS Osram announced that they were reassessing their micro LED strategy after a, air quotes, cornerstone project was, air quotes, unexpectedly canceled. Now, reports from multiple people in the rumor mill and Apple analyst Ming-Chi Kuo said that Apple has indeed canceled the micro LED screen for an Apple Watch Ultra for the foreseeable future and that production costs were too high for it to be economically viable. And would a micro LED screen really make a significant difference that would tell me that I need to go buy a new Apple Watch Ultra? The answer is no. Is there a new functionality? Is it a thinner design or is it a design that has significantly longer battery life? And when I say significantly, I'm talking about like an extra day. Would this new display be able to drive that much? Probably not. And so this next generation Apple Watch Ultra with a micro LED display has been canceled according to multiple reports. And so uh, it could be in play down the road. There was a little discourse on social media where uh, Mark Gurman said, this is not true. And then Ross Young and others said, um, well, it is. It's definitely not happening. Ross Young is the display analyst who reports on a lot of these things said, uh, well, you'll need an LTPS backplane and a way to transfer the micro LEDs to the backplane. Those projects were also canceled. So not happening anytime soon. And Rashung added that, yeah, uh, you can get one later this year, but not from Apple. So 
the whole Apple Watch Ultra with a micro LED display is not happening anytime soon. And the reality is we didn't see the needle move from Apple Watch Ultra to Apple Watch Ultra 2. I think the biggest thing that would spark sales for the Apple Watch Ultra, the next generation Apple Watch Ultra, would be a space black color. I'm just saying, for reals. Okay, let's get on to some other kind of quick news. We know that iOS 17.4, the latest update and software update for the iPhone, and also iPadOS 17.4, those are inevitably coming very, very soon. Apple's expected to release them on or before March the 6th because that's the deadline for Apple to comply with the Digital Markets Act, which is based from the European Union. And so what is what are some of these things that could happen. Well, iOS 17.4 is introducing major changes to the way the App Store and apps operate in the European Union. So it opens up the door in the European Union for alternative app marketplaces, alternative payment systems, third-party browser engine support, um, NFC access for banks and third-party payment providers. Again, these features that I all said sound awesome if they were also potentially available in the US, but they're limited to the EU, and they will not be available in other countries. But there's also other changes uh, for gaming apps with the launch of iOS 17.4. They will now allow cloud gaming apps, so things like Xbox Cloud Gaming or the NVIDIA GeForce Now app, those apps will be able to be native in iOS 17.4. Things like mini games and chatbots and plugins are also gonna be able to use the in-app purchase system in iOS 17.4. Also some new stuff, emojis, emojis. You know I love that. New mushroom, a phoenix, a lime, a broken chain. There's some shaking head emojis. Um, There's also 18 people and body emojis that add the option to face them in either direction. These are important. Um, Apple Podcasts, this is cool. Transcripts are gonna allow you to let you follow an episode with text that highlights in sync with the audio in English, Spanish, French, and German. Also, episode text can be read in full or searched in a word or phrase or tapped to play from a specific point. And then it also incorporates accessibility features such as text size, increased contrast, and voiceover. So I think that's actually pretty amazing for Apple Podcasts and just the usability of it. There's also going to be some other updates, uh, music recognition. We've talked about this in past episodes. That's going to let you add songs that you have identified to your Apple Music playlist and library, as well as Apple Music Classical. Siri has a new option to announce messages you receive in any supported language. There's also this stolen device protection that supports the option for you to have increased security in all locations. There's a new battery health in settings. I talked about this in a recent video that shows your battery cycle count manufacture date, and then the first use on iPhone 15 and 15 Pro models. Also an improvement with iOS 17.4 and Apple has tested their phones out, now supports 80% battery life after 1000 cycles. Before they were tested for 80% battery juice after 500 charging cycles. Now it's been bumped up to 1000 cycles. That was actually another thing or another requirement put in place by, guess who? The European Union. So a lot of things to look forward to. Apple's iOS 17.4 update expected sometime before March 6th. So that'll be pretty, pretty soon. And then since we're talking about iPhones quickly, we know the 16 Pros are coming very soon and continued rumors and reports reiterate that both the iPhone 16 Pro 
and the iPhone 16 Pro Max will come with the 5X optical zoom that was found only in the iPhone 15 Pro Max. I did not get an iPhone 15 Pro Max, even though I liked the versatility of a 5X zoom. I still would prefer an even higher increase zoom like 10X. I know Samsung's phones have it. I know the aperture is a little different in how they capture in the, the light that they lend to capture, but 5X is nice. 10X is better and you can really do some amazing things with shot composition, but still can't wait for at least more versatility coming to the 16 Pro because I don't get Pro Max. It doesn't fit in my skinny pants and I'm sticking with the Pro. Also, if we want to talk about phones still, I remember that remember that not so hot case, the fine woven cases that Apple launched with the iPhone 15 and 15 Pro lineup. And I remember I even tested them. They they even just using them for a week, they showed up nicks and scratches, but no one has really could do like a long-term test. Well, the Wall Street Journal's Joanna Stern basically showed off her <laughs> fine woven case and up till now, and it, after what, five months of use, and it looks horrible. It looks so bad. It's so beaten up. It was described as like a used, worn, like like a, a browning, rotten banana. And remember, this case was 59 bucks. And I, I outright called it out as like, this is a poor case. And that was even just using it for a week. 59 bucks. And it was kind of replacing the leather. It was a, another option that was a new material. Instead of using leather, they're using this new fine woven material. And I hope you all listened to me and did not buy one or return one because this fine woven case is straight up trash. It's just bad. It, it's, it's honestly pretty horrible. And it's a piece of junk. That's, that's just the bottom line. And Apple's going to have to own up to it. It's a good thing it's their case and not their phone, but it's not a good thing it's their case. It was 59 bucks, people. So bad, so bad. And then here's a cool fun thing, a cool highlight for you all. Apple TV Plus, a big fan of the service. It now gains over 50 movies for a limited time. They're calling it great movies on Apple TV. So we know that some of the streaming service products, once in a while you'll get access to free movies. But this is really cool. Things like Minority Report or Mean Girls or Men in Black. Um, I think Gravity is on there. Kill Bill 1 and 2. Con Air. <laughs> Bad Boys. Wow, this is like the Michael Bay <laughs> Bruckenheimer collection. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Fight Club. I could keep on going. There's 50 of them. They're available. Titanic's there. And then, if I recall right, some of these movies uh, are offered as 3D movies on Apple Vision Pro. Again, it is a limited time. I think Gravity is one of the 3D movies. Um, was Mad Max in there? Yeah, Mad Max Fury Road is freaking one of the titles that is available for free. Star Trek Into Darkness. I think that was also another 3D title for you have Apple Vision Pro. So just oh, Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I know those are 3D movies. Sorry I'm going through this list, but just go check it out. They even got Fast 5 and Fast and Furious 6 on here. So many. Free, uh, what is it? Up until I believe, is it March 31st? Let me just double check. I could be wrong. It's a, it's a limited time. I, I'm looking this up, but I can't. Rem- I don't see the date, but enjoy everyone loves free stuff and so if you have apple tv plus which 
it is on all of us, uh, but you know, you still need to have an active subscription. Go check out those movies. All right. I told you I would get to the calls, so let's just have fun. And we got calls. A lot of them are around Apple Vision Pro. I didn't talk about Apple Vision Pro in the show. Not too much news going on around it, but this is an opportunity now for you, the listeners, to kind of talk about it, and then, uh, I'll talk back to you. So let's check out this first call. He's it's in, he, he's a regular here. I, I don't think he said he's salty right now, but this is Jordan. So let's see what Jordan has to say. What's up, Brian? This is Jordan from Columbus calling in, and I am sitting outside the Apple store awaiting my appointment to try the Vision Pro, and I thought it would be fun to do a before and after on my thoughts. I guess I am enamored with the tech. I think it's really, really cool, and I'm excited to try it out. But does it really solve any problems? Like, you know when you get a new phone and you open up Instagram and YouTube and you're like, oh yeah, this does it the same as on my old phone. And I kind of feel like this is just going to be the same thing, but in a really cool, shiny way of accessing those apps. Um, I guess another thing is, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of trying to get away from my phone a little bit more. Like, not use Instagram get off Reddit a little bit more, just get away from the digital. So it's kind of weird to think about strapping the digital to my face. You really can't get away from it, but I'll report back here after I try it. All right. Well, post Apple store. I mean, this is, this is way better than any other VR device I've ever tried, but I feel like I drank the Apple juice a little too hard on things like the pass through it's way better than uh, the PSVR or any of the Oculus that I've tried. But it still feels like I'm looking through an iPhone camera, which, I mean, makes sense. But I thought it was going to be a little bit higher resolution. And I feel like that content resolution carries through to almost anything else that they demoed, where the screens are insane resolution like way better resolution than anything else i've ever tried and i was honestly really surprised at how good they looked but all the content was like really low bit rate or like i don't know if the wi-fi was bad or what but i feel like i feel like we need like a 4k disc player slot on this thing i need that like insane resolution the spatial video was pretty cool but also, again, lower resolution than I kind of was hoping. I feel like with like a professional grade camera, like this content would really sing. It's amazing that the, the screen is better than the content actually now. Also, the gesture control was a little goofy, but also in that Apple way, very, very natural and easy to pick up. But I didn't get to spend too much time with it. That was about it. Thanks, man. See ya. Okay, so a real-time experience with Jordan. And uh, thanks for that call. You know, I think that it was, I've talked about it before, but I was surprised, you know, someone who's used a lot of VR sets, yes, the fidelity of the video pass-through is better. Um, but to your point, you know, it's not as good as you had maybe hoped. And a lot of consumers, because of how we were reacting to it for people that have used VR and said, yes, it's the best fidelity that we've seen in a VR headsets pass-through, but... It just was not as impressive as they had hoped. But 
the real limitation here right now is the actual camera resolution that can be captured and sent in the headset because we've seen those virtual environments and those uh, they're they're at the highest fidelity that we could even see much to what you're talking about. The quality of the displays and the screens are so, so good that it's now some of the content and the video streams that we get uh, that need to be improved. So, um, you know, we'll keep our eyes on it, but thanks for your thoughts. And it was kind of fun for me to hear how you were thinking going into it and you're thinking going out of it. And yes, it is still $3,499 starting before tax and before anything else. All right, let's keep on going. Uh, Carlos from Orlando, you've got a couple thoughts. Hey, Ryan, it's Carlos from Orlando. Um, for the Vision Pro, I was actually excited just because it's new tech coming out from Apple. Um, I never really considered buying it, but I do enjoy seeing the reviews, seeing how people use it. Uh, maybe in a couple of years, it'll be more, um, I don't know, have a better use case for me. But mainly for me, I just have the, you know, the iPhone, the MacBooks and the Apple Watch, which I'll use daily. The Apple Vision Pro right now, I don't see myself using it daily to justify spending four or $5,000 after add-ons. Carlos, my friend, you are not alone. I, I told everyone in my review, it does not, just because Apple put out something, it doesn't mean you have to get it. And I tell everyone, experience it, see what it's like, make the decision. But this is really an early adopter piece of tech. I find it to be still amazing. I've taken it on plane trips and travel. I think really that's where its use case might excel the most for me. And then typically I'll jump into it maybe for like just like a quick half hour or so at the end of the day. But I'm not, I this thing has not taken over my life. I think like anything, use it in moderation. In fact, it's actually kind of taken time away from my iPad where I used to spend a little more time on the iPad, but I'm like, oh, let's jump into Vision Pro. It does, it's a deliberate decision too. It's not something that you just casually pick up. You're you're saying, hey, I'm jumping into this experience. And for a lot of people, I think there's a lot of improvements that need to happen. Of course, the weight, that's the comfort and the price. But just even from a functionality standpoint to make it more usable on a day-to-day for people that are on the fence that are saying, how how am I going to really use this every day? This is a luxury item but it is the the best piece of technology that I've ever used so far. All the fundamentals are there for it to be something special. And uh, we'll just kind of follow it along on this journey. And I think that's, I mean, could you imagine this thing in five to 10 years still? That's what's, what's really cool. All right, let's hear from Matt. Hey, Brian, this is Matt from the uh, suburbs of Minneapolis, uh, putting in my two cents on the Apple Vision Pro. I am a teacher on a teacher salary with a teacher budget. I've got the iPhone SE. I've got the Apple Watch SE. I'm going to wait for the Vision SE. Purely a money thing. Sounds like a fun device to play with. Going to wait for the SE. Anyway, thanks for all the content you put out. And keep doing what you're doing. Love it all. Matt, I I think I got... I got, I found, I've been wondering so long, what does the SE stand for? You know, Apple's never officially said anything about it. 
and I know what it is. For you, it's super educator. If you don't know, my mom's a teacher, my dad's a teacher, my sister is a teacher. So I come from a family line of educators, which I love and respect so much. So, you know, along those lines of what you're saying, it is <laughs> SE because trust me, we're on budgets. Special vision SE. Will it happen? I don't know. Maybe maybe that's what they'll call their slim down glass version, like kind of the the meta Ray-Ban version of their glasses. We don't know, but eventually we'll get there. It's just time and patience, and that's what happens in the tech space. So thanks so much for calling in, Matt. Really appreciate it. Okay, last, our man Peter Aponte has some ideas of maybe what's coming next. BTZ, what's up, man? It's Peter Aponte. Been a while, a long while since I called in. But um, two things I want to touch on. Uh, Apple Vision Pro, of course. Um, First... I'm hoping for some sort of next-gen share play where, let's say, uh, me and my lady, we both have our own uh, headsets. We could see windows that the other one opens within a well-defined space, something of that sort. More interaction between the two, something. I'm sure they could whip something up. Um... Second, uh, with the news of the iPhone 16's ultra-wide camera going up to 48 megapixels, I think it's pretty possible that uh, we either get uh, 8K video recording, maybe, but more likely we will probably get 4K spatial video recording. Probably still locked at 30 frames per second, but at least there would be an uptick in resolution. That's my my guess on the the rumors that are out there at the moment. Um, other than that, man, still a fan, still enjoying what you do. Keep doing what you do, and I'll keep tuning in. Be easy, man. Peter, I think you're right on the money with some of these things. Obviously, uh, you talk about Apple knows this, right? I mean, I've talked to them about this idea of you know, involving more than one person. Now, here's an interesting thing. When you, people haven't shown this off as much. I didn't have time to show it all off. Um, But in FaceTime, you can actually share, there's a a feature to share your screen, what you're looking at. So let's say I'm in my living room and I have all these apps laid out and we're in a FaceTime call and I'm wearing Vision Pro. I can share with you what I'm seeing and doing. So let's say maybe it's a work thing or collaborative thing and I wanna show you what I've been working on. You can see my view from the Apple Vision Pro and I'm sending that feed to you. But when we're talking about true screen sharing, being able to interact and use some, like I could go into your space and move things around, you know, there's gonna have to be mutual apps for that. I think their freeform app is something like that. But even something like having two people in the same room, being able to connect and see the same things in the same room, there's a lot of that stuff that Apple knows and is working on. People are talking about it. And so we'll see what they finally bring to the table. And then when you talk about just the spatial video capabilities of jumping up to 4K, that is absolutely something that is going to and has to happen. I mean, if you remember cinematic video, it started at 1080p, they refined it. And then once they felt comfortable with moving it up to 4K, they did. And so the cameras on these devices continue to get better. But to me, it, it almost 
I don't know if it's going to happen in the next version and maybe the next Apple Vision Pro comes comes out in, you know, 2 3 years, maybe more. I I think there was a report recently that said the next Apple Vision Pro might come out sometime in 2027, but the fact of the matter is that Apple's going to sit on this. Apple's going to let people use it, find out what we're doing, also throw out new features and ideas. This is a year-long thing, much like the iPhone where We'll get software updates. We'll get new updates here and there. We'll find out more at WWDC. We'll find out more in September and fall. The Much like the iPhone has about four or five touch points throughout the year where something new happens with iOS updates, we're going to see the same thing where this Vision Pro should be in the forefront of the news because right now it's now been, what, a month since it came out? And you feel that there's a little bit of a lull and there hasn't been like that second surge of apps I know Apple knows this, and quite honestly, at that price point, they're letting people figure it out, and also the adopter, like, they're not going to release something in a week or two. I think maybe in two months, we might see something from them. I have no idea if we will or not, but strategically, it would make sense and just to align with how they present and how they bring make the iPhone a story all the time, and like they are with, what, iOS 17.4 updates coming up most likely next week. So 4K spatial video, no-brainer. That's definitely going to happen. And we'll see what they do with collaboration and um, a more advanced version of SharePlay for Apple Vision Pro. But like I said earlier, all the fundamentals of this to be even greater than it currently is right now, it's all there. It's just going to take time. And Apple knows that until they prove to you, the consumer, that it's worth the price it is now or worth it once things get a little lighter, and a little more slimmed down um, then, but they 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 know this is not a product that everyone's going to buy. And I said that right out of the gates, like, no, everyone is not going to buy this, and everyone should not buy this. But still having fun with it, still really cool. And man, taking on a plane, like I travel a lot. That's that might be the killer app for me. So there you go. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Now, before we go, we got to give a huge shout out to our Patreon supporters at the Platinum Apple level. That's the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, Atari Koenigsegg, and Gregory Ford. Thank you so much for your support, and thank you to all of you for your continued support at every level. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how we do it. And like I teased earlier, Last time I'm going to say it, if you want a chance to win an Apple Vision Pro, it's my way of saying thank you to all the Patreon supporters all these years. Sign up for the Patreon, and uh, you have about, the all the messages are on the feed. You have about two or three days left to sign up and be a part of that. So until next time, until next week, everybody, we'll be back here. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks for all the calls. Hope you keep them coming in. Remember, Show at gmail.com. Love hearing from y'all. And until the next time, we'll talk to you soon. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace.